All the fucked up things you say couldn't possibly be any less help to me. The heart is hard to find. It's hard to find the heart sometimes. Uh, that's a Jimmy Eat World song called Heart is Hard to Find um, off their 2010 album, Invented. Um, I love that song. I love Jimmy Eat World. Um, there was no doubt that I was going to get that song in the opening one of these days. Uh, I felt like today was the, the good day. Um, I just love that song. I love that. You know, they don't play it a lot live. I saw, I, I saw it when they toured in 2010 uh, on the Invented Tour for that album. And I don't think they played that song. Um, and then I've seen them two times since and they haven't played it. Um, but you know, it's a great song. And to me, it just, you know, it really hits home with me. I know there's cursing in, in it. Um, I didn't necessarily want to open up, open up the show with a curse if I didn't have to, but, um, I was going to change the word fuck to messed up. And I was like, you know, what? it's Jimmy World's lyrics. They're authentic. You emphasize sometimes the F word works in certain situations and it emphasizes things and it's effective. Uh, I guess they felt like they did, you know, it worked in this song too, because a lot of their lyrics are like not really uh, graphic. They don't curse that much. So for them, the curse um, is uh, is pretty important, I guess, to them in this lyric. But anyway, I digress. Joe, how are you doing today? Joni, not too bad. Um, if for a Monday, you know, we got a, we got a ball game coming up here in a little while and uh, we'll see what goes on. But uh, Monday's Monday and you know what? I'm fairly healthy cold seems like it's trying to move out so all in all good shape um one thing about the 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 lyrics and so forth and hey it's art you had to honor the art you had to say what you had to say i was not crazy even when you told me either about opening up the show with the f-bomb but it's 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 in its right place it's within the art and that's what we do here we just don't off the tongue you know you know just let it fly like we would if we were hanging with our buddies. This is a show, but I think it did a good job with it. Um, when you're ready to talk about those lyrics. Yeah, I I'll, I'll, that's why, yeah, I just wanted to open up. I want to introduce you mm-hmm. to the great Joe Thurman. Um, yeah, so these lyrics mean a lot. If you listen to the song, we'll, uh, you know, it, you can find it right on YouTube. It's uh, heart, heart, like your heart, your body part, your organ is hard to find. I know it could be a little bit, kind of be a, a tongue twister. The heart is hard to find, but um, it's on YouTube. It's got it's right on their official account. It should be the first result if you type in Jimmy Eat World, um, three separate words, Jimmy Eat World. Uh, heart is hard to find is the name of the song. Um, but yeah, it's all the fucked up things you say. Sorry for cursing again, but that's the authenticity. That's the lyrics. Uh, couldn't possibly be any less help to me. Um, and that's what I really want to focus on. Because sometimes people say a lot of things to people, like especially family members, especially people who think they know you very well and they have, think they have the right to kind of say whatever they want to you without real consequences that you won't leave them or, you know, um, totally block them out of your life just because they're, you know, they're a family member or they're, they're a close friend. You know, they, they think that somehow this, they have a right to say whatever they want to you. And they like, a lot of people like to give people advice, um, and they say a lot of messed up things in the course of giving advice to you. And it doesn't help you. It doesn't help me a lot of times. Um, and Jimmy Eat World, Jim's, you know, the lead singer's name is Jim Atkins. He's just emphasizing it. He's saying all the, you know, I could say messed up, all the messed up things you say couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly be any less help to me. Um, and then the heart is hard to find. 
He sounds so, like he's being a big baby, though, is what it sounds like those lyrics are. Like anything you say, it, it's really messed up. All those messed up things you're saying to me. And really, 95% of the population would hear those things being said to him and said, that's pretty good advice. But for him internally, for his inability to receive constructive criticism, he's like a little infant. And those are messed up things you're saying to me. That's what I got out of that. When I read that, I'm like, what constitutes being effed up? What, who, who decides that? He decided it because to him, they were... They they were really well, effed up let me, things, let me be but fair to the majority of the public, they're probably, wow, that's sound advice, kid. Take it. But no, I, mean, that's, I digress. Go yeah, ahead. It's, it's one of those things. Um, like, wah, other, wah. If you go over through the, the whole uh, lyrics of the song, there's possible mm. uh, connections about a, being, a person being a drug addict. Um, so the drug addict is interpreting things from someone else. It's not, you know. So one of the lyrics in the song is um, they see a, lo- a lot of the clear eyes of strangers that they can't compete with. Clear eyes of strangers, uh, meaning their li- their eyes are always glassy and stuff. They're always high on something. And then people are trying to get them to, to get their life together. Um, and they're saying all these things to them. And they're they're thinking, you know, it can't be any help- less help to me because I'm dealing with these issues. But that's one interpretation that people have of this song. I don't interpret it that way. To me, and I know, Joe, you're saying it sounds like you're whining, but... I got plenty of people in my life who constantly say things to me that really provide me with no help. And it just makes me think about it after I'm like, okay, what they say. And like, how does that help me? Cause I was overweight for a while and I had people in my life who I love, um, call me names. Like I'm fat, you know? I'm oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Well, that's um, okay. That's, that type of stuff. So you well, people, that, you, that would be, or that, if somebody call you, they, they question your work ethic, they call you lazy. Um, a lot of times people like, I don't know, you know, Joe, you're, you're taking it really, you know, people are like, people are whining. I don't think that's the case here. The heart is tough to find. Um, and you know, a lot of people say a lot of messed up things to get to somebody to get, you know, to to reach them. I'm going to reach this person. So I'll say something really, you know, emotional that they're going to take it to heart and then they're going to, you know, consider it in their daily life. But, um, the heart, you know, is tough to find a lot. And a lot of people do say messed up things that don't help you in any way. It could be constructive criticism in their mind, but in your mind, it's like, you know, what do they even say? Why do they have to say that? That's what I'm saying, that in their mind, in this person, in the guy writing the lyrics, in his soul, and he's the recipient of all that stuff coming in. And he thinks, geez, all this, that's that's effed up. That's messed up. Now, in a scenario that you just painted where people are calling you fat or call, that is, that's bad criticism. That is effed up stuff. But if, if a buddy of yours puts his arm around and says, hey, listen, man, would you try this? Try this a little differently than that. Just try that a little differently. Please, would you do that for me? That's a little different. If it's yeah, no, if, if it's a healthy sort of criticism, if you're, if it's a working professional relationship. That's a whole yes. different. Story. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about people in your daily life where they're trying to give you a little, like, oh, you know, you're, you oh, should be yeah. a little bit healthier, or uh, you know, you should, uh, you should do this, and they start trying to control what you're doing, and yeah. like it's not helping you in any way, but they think they're like helping you, or they'll say something. To like to 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 still still uh, push your buttons when they know your buttons are there and they know they shouldn't push exactly. those buttons. Yep. They'll go running for that goddamn button and you'll think to yourself, "Do you love me? Or are you trying to tear my testicles off? What are you doing?" You know, I've been in that. I mean, really, I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean. I I, I tear them off literally, but you know what I mean. I, I mean, I I've been that way with family that I'm thinking to myself, "My God." You're supposed to be like family. You're supposed to love me. And you knowing that that particular issue right there is among three or four that you should never go to with me. You went to two of them tonight. 
that kind of thing. Now, if that's the kind of stuff you're talking, I don't know, Sean, uh, and nor do I want to get into the, to this um, tonight. But if there's some interesting lyrics, he talks about he can't compete with um, those folks. He can't compete with religion. He can't compete with um, a, um, not higher education, but a real um, education, real education. He couldn't compete with an education. I, I'm, I don't really get what he's doing there as far as trying to compete. Well, with religion. I think what he's saying is one of the lyrics is I can't compete with your newfound religion. The good word word seems everywhere um but only it's one word. of those things new like so people find god and then all of a sudden they want to preach god to everyone and get them to convert it's like dude calm down chill out i have my own <laughs> beliefs you know yeah that, that, that's cool that's cool i, I actually yeah, break I, down these lyrics but i'm telling you just if you listen to this song a couple times you start to it starts to hit you in different ways but i've always connected with this song i'm like man this is because especially that part where people are trying to tell you stuff can be any less help to me it's not helping me at all what do you why and then it makes it makes me feel bad what they're saying i'm like oh man then i'm like more self-conscious it's just a whole thing where i just vibe with people telling you stuff all the time and trying to give you you know it's like just stop you know just stop yeah I'm I'm with you there, Sean, and and I would look. This isn't personal. This isn't about you or me or anything. This to me was always about the the writer of those lyrics because this is the way he feels. And when I read those lyrics, that the the effed up things you say to me um, don't help me at all, and that's kind of thing. It it just it triggered something in me that that person writing the lyrics was a petulant child, and anything you say to me, I'm going to do it my own goddamn way anyway, no matter what you say. And those things you're saying to me are effed up because. I have my inability, my lack of maturity to absorb them effectively and to use them. And but you're talking to someone here, Sean, who worked with who worked with um, emotionally disturbed kids for for over 15 years. So uh, maybe some of that is coming back to me, too, when I read that. So that's all that, that has nothing to do with you or me or anything else. But that was my first crack at it. Now, when you put it the other way. You put it the other way as an adult male, and you're talking about things that are being said to you that that don't need to be said. They're being said to you in in a quote unquote. Um, yeah, like I'll give you an example real quick. Way, but it's yeah. Let me give you an example. Like I'm 36. I'm not married. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have people tell me like, you know, when are you getting married? When are you going to meet a girl? It's like, oh my, you know. Yeah. I think about that stuff a lot. I want to meet a nice girl. You know, right. possibly get married. Who knows? Or a long term relationship type of thing but right um how is that helping me you know go meet a girl it's easy to do like that's a, a, sim- a simple thing like that why don't you go out there and meet a girl there's plenty of fish in the sea it's like uh, i'm trying here you know i'm trying yeah you know? and i know what you're saying because I, I i've been that road too and sometimes you just want to say do me a favor mind your own blank blank in business you, that's what you want to say to the person but you don't because they are family or family friends or something like that and they think they're doing you some a solid it's like Dude, when I when I want your advice, I'll ask for it type thing. And uh no, I I've I've got that. I I've I, I get you there. Um not the easiest lyrics to decipher because of the multiple interpretations that are possible there. Because I got I got I didn't get that glassy eyed thing. I still don't, you know, I don't necessarily but as you said, it was one interpretation. That's why we do this stuff though. Um well, that we'll, song we'll and those we'll, lyrics cer- okay. certainly evoke more emotion than a lot of others, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, let's I mean, here's the, the beginning is I can't compete with the clear eyes of strangers. I'm more and more replaced by my friends each night. I can't compete, I just can't recover. How many years it's been? It's just day one in my mind that's the first step each time like he he, has, he keeps having to start over he's i mean i can see how it's about a drug addict for sure like when you actually look the lyrics on a uh, macro level um clear eyes of strangers 
more and more replaced by my friends each night. Like his, he's losing his friends because he's got an addiction. Like, so if you actually break it down, I don't think it's Jim Atkins, the singer of Jimmy Eat World, like necessarily whining. Um, it's like a real, he's telling a real story. But for me, when I l- interpret lyrics, I'm taking, I'm isolating certain lyrics and lines from it. And, and I'm just like, did, yeah. how is this applicable to my life right now? Because I love this song. It brings out so much, so, so much emotion, but I've never like struggled with drugs or substances in my life. So, um, but I, I've known people who have, I had a friend recently who just died, um, you know, suddenly, and I've had other people in my life who I've heard, you know, things, you know, it, they, they, they battle with addictions. Right. So I can right. see where he's coming from, but the lyrics that I wanted to focus on today was like, you know, all the things that you say, all the messed up things you say to me couldn't be any less help to me. You know what I mean? It's not helping me. And that's what I wanted to focus on. Cause I, you know, obviously it brought out some emotion out of you too. You're judging Jim Atkins, my guy, the lead singer of uh, Jimmy Eat World. But I'm telling you, man, this guy knows how to write songs. Oh yeah. I, I don't get me wrong. I mean, just the fact that it got our, our heartbeat going, I think th- this, th- this reaction to these lyrics was as much as, you know, that we've had in a long time because there are certain things there that did set me off because I isolated some stuff and I, for some, whatever reason, took it that way, you know, and then you were looking at it from a completely inverse angle, but we talk about it. And you know what? I could take my interpretation with me and put it in my pocket and you could take yours with you and put it in, in your lunchbox. And you know what? That's the beauty of it. It's yours. It's yeah. yours. Um, so. so I want to talk a little bit, because I like to open up the show with some stories about what happened recently. I know we just did a show two days ago, um, but yesterday I was at the gym. And I think everyone who goes to the gym develops some sort of gym crush. You see a girl there a couple of times. She's there when you're there and you don't always yeah. talk to her, but she's like, your, you call her your gym crush. Yeah. Um. So yesterday I'm on the Stairmaster. My gym crush is there working out. She's doing like, you know, machines and I'm doing the Stairmaster. Um, and then I'm going like, it's towards the end of my workout. I'm going like uh, 18, 19 speed in the Stairmaster, which is basically running upstairs. It's really fast because everyone on the stair, normal people on the Stairmaster are going like, they don't go past speed seven. So I, I do no hands speed nine. Then I do hands with speed 16. And then I'll toward the end, I'll jump it up to almost speed 20. But anyway, long story short is um, a song came on. I tried, to fa- I, tried <laughs> I tried to fast forward a song and my phone dropped. It fell on the stair, on the Stairmaster as it was still moving. And sometimes the phones, they'll get stuck in the Stairmaster machine. Like it will, it will somehow get like caught in the machine and someone has to like use screwdrivers to open up the machine. It's happened to me before my phone's gotten stuck in the Stairmaster before and they had to open up the machine and get it out for me. Um, but uh, one time my bottle of water got stuck in there, like a full bottle of like, you know, Poland <laughs> spring water. But anyway, so right. in that moment, my phone fell and I'm free. I'm like, Oh shit, what do I do? So I, I took my foot and I kicked the phone off the Stairmaster to make sure it didn't get stuck in the, the Stairmaster. Um, but in the process of kicking my phone off the Stairmaster, I went flying. I ate, I almost ate, you know, there wasn't a pavement there. It was inside Damn. a gym, but I went flying and I almost fell off the whole Stairmaster, but I caught myself. I caught myself. I nailed my shin on top of my foot um, and I caught myself and then I continued going like nothing happened. My gym crush, I noticed that she was facing the other way. I was like, oh, thank God she didn't see that. Uh, thank God. But then I was thinking too, I was like, what if she was on the Stairmaster next to me and then I fall? That's like a good icebreaker. I could be like, you know, did you see that? It's like an unintentional icebreaker. But anyway, I digress. Is I fell off the Stairmaster almost. I caught myself. I kept going. So I didn't completely fall off. And my gym crush almost saw me. Well, I'm glad she didn't see you. Um, I want you just to... Uh to say something to her even if it's two or three words i'd like you to say something to her before the end of the month <laughs> absolutely yeah. 
just, just something. Just, I, I'm always racking my brain. It's like, what's the opening line? You know, because we talked about this last episode it's, about it's about immaterial. Being, you, it's like if you're at a supermarket, you know, if you're at a gym, are these places where you really want to approach women? You want to let them just do their own thing and not feel in a protected space because a lot of guys can be creeps. Oh yeah, uh, don't put the full thing. Just just give her a couple couple words and a smile and see what yeah. the hell happens. Here's me. It's like my. It's I'm a I'm like a hopeless romantic. Um, and I'm overthinking just opening lines like, hello, my name is Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, you know, you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. All I, right. I digress on that. But, um, another thing I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, have a appreciation for Panera bread. I have an unlimited, unlimited sip club subscription. So I basically pay like 12 bucks a month to get as many drinks of Panera bread as I can, as I want. I walk in, um, let me, let I me want. get this straight. Unlimited drinks at Panera bread. For yep, for twelve dollars a month. Twelve bucks a month, and you can go in there four or five times a day. Okay, every, every two to every, every two hours. Yep, every two hours. Every two hours. Cool, cool. I want people to realize that because you know all the deals, and I like that. Yeah. So I just want to appreciate, just not necessarily the sip club. The sip club's cool. I basically because they have like all these like um, caffeinated, like highly caffeinated, like fruity, like uh, sugary drinks, like lemonades and guava and passion fruit and green tea, but mm-hmm. it's full of sugar. Um, so I usually just go with the coffee. I get the iced coffee and then like, you know, in the morning I'll make, I'll make my uh, protein smoothies with the iced coffee in it. But anyway, um, I just want to say that the quality of food there, it's a nice, if you don't, if you can't afford to go to a restaurant, if you can't afford to sit down in a restaurant to have a server take care of you, you have to tip 20%. That's the standard in the industry. You know, I worked as a server. So, um, tipping 20% really, especially if it's decent service, you should definitely give 20%. I do 25. If it's, if, if it's even adequate, I'll do 25. Yeah, no, you're a good guy, man, for sure. But Thank Panera you. bread is one of those places where, um, you can get a decent meal for under $15. Um, and you can get, it really fills you up and it's also tasty and it's a step above way. I think there's a couple steps above like fast food, McDonald's. So it's, it's a form of like high class fast food, but it's not necessarily fast food. The chicken is fresh. Um, every time I, you know, I usually get the Baja bowl. It has chicken. It's got Greek yogurt. It has quinoa. It's got, um, it's got rice. It's got avocado. It's got tomatoes. It's not that cheap. It's like 13 bucks, but sometimes they'll have coupons for $2 off. Um, but I'm definitely filled up after I eat it. And it's, I taste like, you know, I feel like I ate something fresh and like that was actually healthy. Whereas after, you know, I could be really hungry and then I'll go to McDonald's. And I'll spend a similar amount of money on a couple of cheeseburgers and fries or whatever. And then I feel like shit after I'm like, I have like eater's remorse. I'm like, why did I eat all that crap? But with Panera bread, I never have eater's remorse. I'm like, you know what? That was good. And it wasn't that expensive and it didn't take that long to get. Cause you could order right in the app and just pick it up right there. Um, and a lot cool thing about Panera is they have like real bowls and real utensils, like real silverware where it's not all plastic stuff, especially when you eat there. You know, so you get a big bowl of soup and a nice big bowl. So it's like you're eating at a restaurant, but you don't have to wait in a waiter. You're able to go up and refill your drink whenever you want. Um, it's reasonably priced. So I just want to shout out, not that Panera Bread is sponsoring us. It would be cool if they did in the future, but that's us hoping. Um, but no, I just, I want to shout them out for anybody looking for affordable, reasonable food. Um, that's actually somewhat healthy because they got a lot of salads there too. And everything tastes really good. I don't know, Joe, if you've ever eaten at Panera Bread, but it's, it's pretty good. I have not, but um, everything I'm hearing kind of makes me want to try it soon. Definitely. Yeah, and they have the thing if you want to get a, if you don't want to get a full soup and salad, if you don't want to get one individually, um, you can get half and half. So you can get like half a salad, half a soup. So you have a nice little combo. You mix and match. Right. All right. Sounds um, good. 
Yeah, and then also I want to talk about because uh, I have that movie. Talking about subscriptions here, I have an AMC uh, A list movie subscription, and uh, I saw two, two newest movies that came out recently. One called House Party. It's a remake of Kid and Play's uh, movie from like the eighties or early nineties. Um, this one, these two guys are like party promoters. They're not high school students. I think the first one had high school students, but this one is just like adults, these young black men. They're trying to like figure out how to ways to make money and what career they can have. So. Um, the, you know, pay for school and things. Um, and this, you know, they, they, they're cleaning houses and then they're cleaning LeBron James's house and they decide, okay, LeBron James, they see a schedule and they see LeBron James is on vacation. He's like, he's doing some sort of meditation retreat. So they decide to throw a party at LeBron James's house. Um, and just a pretty funny movie It's better than I expected. It didn't make a ton of money in the box office or anything. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Cause like people, you know, it's a, it's a mainly black cast. And unfortunately, like the, a lot of the big black movies with mainly black cast don't always do that well in the box office. So it says as a society, we still haven't evolved enough where, um, they're able to have like, you know, movies that really, that really do well in the box office. I mean, black Panther, black Panther Wakanda forever did well, but you know, that's like a Marvel franchise. I'm talking about like other black, there's a lot of good black movies. Uh, and this is one of them. So I, I enjoyed that movie. Um, thought it was funny. I laughed a couple times. Kid Cudi's in it. Kid Cudi's one of my favorite rappers. Um, he's in it. Um, and then I saw another movie with Gerard Butler, a fun action flick called Plane. Basically, it's about a pilot who's flying, you know, over the Philippines. He's got a he's got a convict on the plane with in handcuffs. Who's, he said he you know he, he murdered somebody and they have to be very careful with them. But then the plane crashes and then they have to like figure out to take them out of the handcuffs if it can help them because they they land on an island with like dangerous Filipino people who like you know separated from the government and they like basically keep people hostage and just like they basically they're criminals on an island and then the plane happens to land there. So then it's a whole thing where Gerard Butler and the passengers and and this criminal who was on the plane. Um, but yeah, it was it was a. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed both those movies, but plane only made $10 million. And I think house party house party only made $3.4 million. So, you know, it's kind of sad that, you know, there's two good movies and they can't really break the top. They barely break the top five of the box office, but I, uh, I enjoyed them for sure. So anybody needs movie recommendations. Um, I'm going to keep updating you on what I've seen and if I liked it or not. You know, I'm not Cisco and Ebert here. You know, I'm not going to be detailing reviews or anything. But uh, no, they're good movies for sure. But that you know brings me to our next topic. Our actor of the week is Ralph Fiennes. Um, he's an excellent actor. He's in a ton of stuff. A lot of people probably know him from Harry Potter. He plays Lord Voldemort in uh, Harry Potter franchise. That scary looking like alien type dude. The villain. I think he's a villain. I'm not really a big Harry Potter guy, but he's like, kind of like a villain in those movies. But um, he was born in 1962. He's English. He's from Suffolk, England. Um, he started off in like real serious theater. Like he was good at like interpreting Shakespeare plays. So I think he started off like Shakespeare and doing certain theater. But I think his first real break was Schindler's List in 93. Joe, you probably saw Schindler's List, right? I saw it and um, I, it was disturbing, but it was it was a great picture. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was good, and I it's one of those movies I I've seen bits and pieces over the years, and I I want to sit down and like really because Schindler's List is considered one of the best movies ever. I think it won Academy Award for Best Picture. Um, it's it's a really serious topic, obviously. Subject matter is serious, you know. It's horrible monsters torturing Jewish people, but he plays a Nazi officer, and he's just you know 
he's got like little quirks. Like he's like, you know, constantly like sniffling and like, you know, um, wiping his nose. And, um, and there's one scene where he's like telling some of the, the Jewish women, like, Oh, if you guys want a better job, you could do this. Um, and I don't want you, you know, it's, I think it's for like a maid job. And he's like, I don't want you, you know, a job. I don't want you to take the job. If I have to, uh, you know, force you to learn all these, un- these bad habits that you have, like for he's telling the girls, I'm going to force you to unlearn these bad habits. Like he's, you know, these Nazi officers are horrible people. But, um, you know, he says they're building a bridge and one girl comes up to him. She's like, Oh, this bridge is going to fall. We have to, we have to take this down and start rebuilding immediately because it's going to fall. And he's like, what, oh, are you, yeah, engin- yeah. what are you, an engineer? And she's like, Yeah, I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. And, and he's like, Oh, you know, you know, what are you like? Uh, you know, these Jewish people, the educated Jewish person, it's like Karl Marx or whatever. He tries to use an analogy. But anyway, um, you know, he plays a Nazi officer, but I think he got nominated for an Academy Award. I'm not support. I'm not sure if he won, but like best supporting actor or something like that. But- oh, he was a son of a. He was a. He was a rotten son of a. He was really. It was all those guys were, and he had to portray it the right way. But um, just what a monster! Um, what a what an absolute prick he was in that movie. But that's what those guys were. Most of them. Some of them couldn't stomach what they were doing and they had to drink 24 hours a day um, because they just couldn't handle what they They knew what they were doing was was atrocious. Um, but some of them bought into it and were indro- indoctrinated. And um, but one thing I remember, always remember about this cat is his eyes the, the, always had to look like flashlights almost dude they were always like you know like indigo like these you know he always had these uh and in anything i think he was the same cat that was in red dragon or something wasn't he the, yeah, the guy yeah, was gonna talk, I'll talk a little bit about more of his other movies he's in, yeah. he plays he plays the bad killer in uh in red dragon he's got like a huge dragon tattoo on his back it's very you see a scene where he shows his whole back it's mm-hmm. like he wants to turn himself into a physical he wants to manifest to be a dragon so I think in that movie, from what I remember, because it's a spinoff of the Hannibal franchise, um, he's taking the foot, he's following the footsteps of Hannibal, kind of, mm-hmm. and I think he's like eating his victims or he's doing something. He's he's the Red Dragon. Um, I saw it in the movies actually years ago, but he plays a pretty scary character. But one role that really stands out to me, he was in a movie called Quiz Show, um, and he plays yeah. a character named Charles Van Doren, and he's being investigated for cheating on Quiz Show. He's winning all his money on Quiz Shows. Um, He's a, like he. I think he wins like a, he wins like a huge, uh, you know, winnings on a show, and people are trying to speculate if it if it's fixed. So a young lawyer named Richard Goodwin, um, who I believe is played by a kind of not really an unknown actor because I see that John Totoro is also in it. But that's uh, my dude. I love Totoro. Yeah, Totoro. We'll do him one show for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, anyway, he plays the he plays the uh, the quiz show winner, and he's being investigated to see if the show's fixed. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, I remember, I didn't even, I forgot that he was in that movie because I chose him for this show and I'm like, for today's episode, I'm well, thinking. Let me, let me just tell you this. I'm sorry. So I, I, I'm an Anna Taylor Joy fan. I'm, oh God. But, and, and Anna Taylor Joy plays in that movie called The Menu. And yeah, I just I think saw that. Yeah. 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 He's in with her. But, uh, did you see that movie? I didn't see it anymore. I saw okay. the trailer for it and I just, I, I, come on. What red blooded American boy doesn't love that? Anna Taylor Joy. But, um, I just, remember that seeing the clip that he was the guy that was in the movie in the movie with her there yeah he's uh yeah he's uh he plays a chef at a really world-renowned restaurant where people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars just for like a five-course meal whatever the hell it is um but um yeah he plays that's one of the most recent movies i've seen him i saw the menu in theaters i i really enjoyed the menu it's very good i think it's on hbo max now but you know he's one of those actors he reminds me he looks like um liam neeson but i think he's 
I think he's probably a way better actor than Liam. Not that Liam Neeson's a bad actor, but he's he's kind of typecast in these these typical like action. His movies are awesome, but he's Liam Neeson's typecast in like these roles where like his daughter gets kidnapped or a family member dies, and he's always the guy trying to save the day and play the hero. Nothing wrong with that, but I think I think I think Ralph Fiennes has more range as an actor. He's more you know he'll play a villain, he'll play a person accused of cheating on a game show. He'll he play, could play a mild uh, mannered doctor if you want. He could play a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah. I think he was in the English patient. I never saw that. Um, but uh, you know, then he's in other movies, you know, my top five basically. I would say the menu to me would be number one because I really enjoyed the menu. Um, Schindler's list would probably be two, just based off the uh um the pedigree of uh of Schindler's list. The fact that it was such like it was nominated for Academy Award Best Picture. Can you do me a favor though? Can you yeah. just do from five on down? Five, four, three, two, one. Um, I usually like my style is to do one to five. I okay, usually, if that's your definitely your style, go ahead, go ahead. I yeah, do it the other way, but it's okay. I don't sure. really like because I, I don't like it's one of those things where I know what the the cream of the crop is, and I have I struggle fitting everything into the top five. I'm like, well, how can I fit the rest into the top five? I got gotcha. you. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, bud. Go ahead. Yeah, so I usually like going one to five. Okay. Um, so yeah, I got Schindler's List number two, menu number one, uh, Red Dragon. I would probably say is number three. I would say Quiz Show is number four. I know he was in a movie called The Constant Gardener, and that was a good movie. But like my freshman year of college, I saw The Constant Gardener, and I was like, you know, I don't think there was, I don't think it was that great. And this one Jamaican guy, Omar, was like, oh man, that movie was awesome. You don't know movies, and people have all different opinions about movies, right? Um, it's well, that's another thing. What I'm thinking about, like some of the messed up things people say to you that there's no help to you. Like I said, I didn't really like a movie. And then someone says, "Oh, that movie's awesome." You don't know any. You don't know anything about movies. Like they're making a judgment. That I don't know anything about movies just because I didn't li- like the movie that they really like. You right, know? It's, it's subjective. Like, it's because it's just on top of the mind type of thing. It's I like, really you don't like know anything movie. about ice cream because you don't like Rocky Road. What do you mean I don't like it? That's, I don't like it. I don't like it. Does it mean I don't know anything about ice cream? It's just yeah. a preference. Um. So I'm gonna go with uh, you know. Uh, the yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Constant Gardener is not my top five. Just just to clarify, Constant Gardener is considered a great movie, but it's not my top five. Uh, another movie that I really want to see, I've been meaning to see, um, is In Bruges. It's Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. I just saw a movie with them that just won an Academy Award or won a Golden Globe Award. The Academy Awards didn't happen yet. The Banshees of Insurance was very good, but they say Gleeson and Farrell excellent together. They were in a movie called In Bruges, and that's from 2008. The only reason I haven't seen In Bruges is because. Uh, I listened to the Dan Patrick show and Dan Patrick was always making fun of in Bruges. He's like one of those, he's like, I watched in Bruges. His friends made him watch in Bruges one night and he didn't like it. Um, so I never really saw it because he said it wasn't good, but then everyone else I talked to said in Bruges is good. So I want to check that out. So then that might be good enough for my top five, but I haven't seen. Um, so in Bruges is probably good enough for top five. I, I can't throw it in because I haven't seen it. And then the, I think my number four, I'm going to put the reader. The reader was an excellent movie. The reader was like, you know, it was just a, it was a solid movie. It's like there was a younger version of Ralph Fiennes. There's an older version of him. And it was one of those things where it actually involved Nazis. He actually helped the woman who can't read. He used to go read to her. And then they kind of developed a romantic thing. Um, but then she's on trial at one point in the movie and he has to like, you know, witness the cases. He falls in love with this woman, you know. And he looks back on his time with her. And he always wondered what happened to her, but he, I don't think he ever knew that she was like a Nazi officer. He meets her with, you know, after she had been a Nazi officer, but there was a love story involved. So that movie was good. That's from 2000. Uh, I think the reader is from 2008. Then he's also, I guess I, I'll just throw number five will be all the James Bond uh, movies. The most recent James Bond franchise. 
Um, he's in a bunch of those. Um, so I'd have to say, you know, that's top five is all the Bond movies. He's in. I haven't seen the most recent Bond, but he was in like three or four before the most recent one. But th- those are the, I'm talking about the Daniel Craig James Bond movies because the Daniel Craig James Bond movies are they're pretty legit. I know Pierce Brosnan was pretty good too, but um, those Bond movies with Daniel Craig are pretty damn good. Um, so yeah, that's my top five for him. Uh, I think he's an excellent actor. He's got a lot of range. You know, he could play a villain. Been around forever. What? He's been around forever. He's been around for a while. And yeah. one of those things where not a lot of people know who he is. Like who the, who's Ralph Fiennes? And then they, and show, him a pic- exactly. they show him a picture. They're like, they're like, oh, isn't that Liam Neeson? Like, no, that's Ralph Fiennes. Right. Well, when you, when I saw that, I said, it's the same thing. I didn't recognize the name. I punched it up and I saw the face. I'm like, oh yeah, I know this guy's been in everything. That's exactly those little in-between fence posts we talk about. That's exactly the kind of guy. So it's good work. Good yeah, work on your so end. So hopefully we'll spotlight Ralph a little bit and people know who he is and remember, oh, that's that guy. You know, that's that's yep. the goal of our actor segment. It's not always the superstar. It's like the marginal B-list type actor. Even though I'm not saying he's a B-list actor. He's won an Academy Award. He's very well-renowned. He's probably like a B-plus actor, I'd say. But, yep. uh, you know, it gets people thinking about these actors that they don't get enough spotlight, you know? Yep. That's exactly right. Um, and moving on to Snapple Fact. Today's Snapple Fact is Snapple Fact 685. Um, dogs can make about 10 sounds while cats make about a hundred. Um, so what, what comes to your mind first when you hear that, Joe, why, why, why can cats make so many sounds than so many more sounds than dogs? Why? Oof, man. Um, I have not a clue. Um, why I don't, I, I didn't even realize that that was the case, but asking me why I have, I have no clue showing, to be honest with you. It's an interesting fact, but I can't give you any uh, hypothesis as to why. Yeah. Cause um, apparently as a species, canines have hundreds of ranges of vocalizations, but only each dog individually has a few vocal sounds that they can make to get their needs. They, they, they didn't make sound to get their needs met. Uh, and those sounds are growling, whining, barking, crying, whimpering, yelping, howling, yowling, um, snarling, yipping, yapping. <laughs> you get the point. There's like ten. There's like, there's like ten of them. And then, but you know, and I like to say, dog growling doesn't always mean a dog is mad. Growling right. can be. It's a misunderstood vocalization. Sometimes they're angry, but sometimes they just don't know how to express themselves because again, they only have ten sounds. Um, so they growl sometimes because they're confused as to what they want. Sort of a but, limited uh, lexicon, cats, yeah. And the funny thing about cats has got me down a rabbit hole of reading about the sounds that cats and dogs make, but cats rarely meow at one another. So a cat rarely meows at, at another cat, but cats uh, meow at people. It's reserved for meowing and it, it's conveying a very specific meaning. So when they meow at their owners, it's like, it's out of love or it's they're hungry. Um, but apparently just, yeah, cats, felines have way more sounds than, than canines um and you know we're not going to go too crazy researching why but um yeah dogs can make only 10 sounds cats can make over 100 apparently that's a snapple fact so pretty cool stuff man it's one of those things the snapple facts i always wonder i'm like all snapple facts actually facts you know some of these like is i have to look it up i'm like you know are they oh, no, I, are they yeah. taking some liberty to say what if it's like 80 percent true and 20 percent false right like our snapple facts you know i wonder who who's in charge of the snapple facts you know <laughs> you know well, but, that's, uh, why, don't, why don't we find out? We're, you know what? We're going to go on a quest to find out who's in charge yeah. over there. I digress. One of these days. <laughs> One of um, these days. So, okay. So I got the fake versus real news story segment for you, Joe. All right, sir. Um, so here's three stories. You pick out the fake one, fake two fake, and uh, one real. 
Okay, first one. Viral video shows shopper being offered to take off his Jesus Saves t-shirt at Mall of America. There's a viral video where the security a guy was wearing a Jesus Saves shirt. It didn't just say Jesus Saves. Um, it said uh, the co. It also said coexist. You know the popper coexist coexist symbol. Oh yeah, yeah. It said, I like that. Uh, it said the, the coexist symbol is also on there and it's crossed out. So maybe some security guard got really offended that coexist was crossed out and Jesus saves was being promoted. They made the, the poor guy take off his shirt. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. When I read that, I was like, wow. Uh, another thing that, you know, another story that I also read because we talked about this a couple episodes, how James Dolan was using facial recognition technology to, to ban fans from Madison square garden. Apparently fans, when they were Michael, Michael, he hates Michael Jordan so much Whenever, because the Knicks were a big rival with Jordan back in the nineties with Ewing and Oakley and Starks, um, he's he's banning fans from wearing Michael Jordan jerseys at MSG. They're kicked out and banned as soon as they see as soon as security spots a Michael Jordan jersey at a, at a Knicks game, they ban them and kick them out. So that's like you know, I was like, that's like a little bit crazy, you know. And then the other one is uh, apparently Netflix is merging with Hulu. Two tight, two giant. I guess it's possible because Netflix was having trouble keeping the subscribers. People were sharing their accounts. They were losing some money um, and they're going to have paid subscriptions. But I guess apparently because Hulu already has paid subscriptions, uh, Netflix and Hulu are going to be merging. It's going to be like a monopoly on streaming. Um, so what do you think, Joe? Which ones are fake and which ones are real? Wow, man. I ha- I don't have any gut feeling like I do with the others. I don't have any gut feeling about these. Um, okay. Um so I believe that the I don't believe that the coexist thing actually happened because you can't tell someone to take off their shirt, especially a shirt that says Jesus saves. And if that were to happen, I I I wouldn't think it would happen. No, I I don't I don't believe that one. And a security guard telling a guy to take off a shirt that had anything to do with Christ or anything like that, um, I don't buy that. So that's a. Um, the second one is this thing with this Nolan guy or Dolan or whoever that, where he's, he's an ass, whatever his name is, but I do not think, I really do not think he could. Well, it's his arena. He owns it. Michael Jordan did torture the Knicks in the nineties, man. You have to remember that. Like Michael Jordan made the Knicks' lives hell. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, you know this is pro sports. I mean, Magic Johnson and and the Lakers. He's, did... he's kicking lawyers out. He's lawyers are getting their facial uh, their faces scanned and they're being kicked out before they walk in just because they work for a law firm who's like suing some part of MSG company. You know, so the guy is not above. You know, listen, I love the Knicks and I want to go to a lot of Knicks games in the future. I'm not trying to bash Dolan, but. Um, you don't think that he would kick people out for wearing Michael Jordan jerseys? I just don't think even he would go that far. I'm going to say because I did hear six months ago, eight months ago, something about Netflix. I don't know what it was, but they, it was a story worthy of, of mentioning them on the news and something to do with they were changing something. <clears throat> so I'm going to guess. And I look, what am I losing? I'm going to guess that the, well, I'm actually saying that I'm guessing two of them are fake, aren't I? Yeah, two of them are fake and one of them's real, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the one that's real is net. 
Netflix and Hulu merging. The other two were fake, I think. All right, so I got bad news, Joe. You, I stumped <laughs> you for the first time. This is the fourth time we've done this. I've stumped you for the first time. Okay. Um. Yeah. The, so uh, the Nolan thing? No, the the real one is the one about Jesus saves. The guy was kicked out of the mall. Now there's there's all sort of protests. People are going to the Mall of America. I think it's in Minnesota. Wow. Um, wearing like Jesus save shirts now. There's a big thing about it. Mm-hmm. That's the real one. That's the well, real story. Yeah. Hey, man, I can't bat a thousand. You know that those were good. So what do you? I'm I'm glad I stumped you. I was because now I'm thinking more about how I could stump you. First, I started this off as a fun game to play for the show. (laughs) Now I'm thinking how the how the hell can I strike Joey out? Now you're coming after me. (laughs) Well, you got you got a lot of work to do if you're going to strike me out. Do you have any comments? Do you have any comments to say about that? Like, you know, do you think a security guard has the right to ban someone who has a Jesus Save shirt? It's right, right, free speech in this country. We could wear. That's why I didn't buy it. You can't wear like a KKK shirt. That would be more. If someone wore a Ku Klux Klan shirt in the mall. Then yeah, you could probably ban them because right. that's like, but like Jesus saves and just just as they crossed out coexist because because Jesus was peaceful, right? So if they cross out coexist and they're just trying to say Jesus is the one true Lord and Savior, that's their personal opinion. I don't think you could ban them from a public mall though. Right. It's it's I don't like the fact that the coexist was crossed out. I don't like that, but it it, it would st- it still has good stuff on it that Jesus to me was a pretty good dude. And he, I guess he does save, you know, um, I don't like that the coexist was crossed out. But to me, that's not a deal breaker. You know what I mean? I just, you know. I didn't. It's I, don't, it's a, it's, I, I disagree with it. I love the coexist symbol. I think coexist is awesome. Um, I do, too. Yeah. So because, so this, because you yeah. cross it out doesn't mean it's a deal breaker. So obviously this triggered a security guard and they felt the need to ban, like to kick this guy out. There's a, there's a viral video. You can find that. You can literally find a video online of him banning him and making him take the shirt off. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that all for, not for nothing, but um, the guy that was wearing the shirt that went out of his way to cross out coexist, you know, he should be, you know, he should get a little slap too um, because Jesus Christ, talked nothing talked talked about nothing but peace and love thy neighbor and coexist and tolerate and love each other so for this this stonad to to cross out coexist go out of his way to cross it out is suggesting that well i still have some problems with these people those people and those people and that to me bothers me but although it bothers me i wouldn't make the man take a shirt off our security guard because yeah. he still has jesus on his on his you know it's, it's i just i just think I just didn't buy it. I just didn't buy it. And there's no wonder people are all fired up. Yeah. Um, and, and I just want to, I want to say something about the, I don't, I think James Dolan, he's not a perfect person, but I don't think he would ever ban someone from wearing like a, a Michael yeah. Jordan jersey. So, I, that's why I didn't buy that either. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think he would do that. I don't that think he would go that far. Yeah. Um, moving on our pri- Brian Kohlberger segment. We should just call this the monster segment. Cause this guy is obviously, I said, I say it with, you know, possible monster it could be a turn of events and we find out this guy's not guilty and could, i highly could, doubt it could, i'm could pretty we, could we could we rename it like the utah killing segment do we have to give him publicity i don't yeah but his name i don't know i don't know we don't have to but it's gonna his, his name's all over the news in the spotlight we're not really just because you know we'll think about right. it we'll think about all it right. But, all um, right. yeah i got you anyway apparently like Koberger, a couple of days after the murder he was talking to his neighbors and he said have you heard about these he had the audacity to ask one of his neighbors have you heard about those murders? I mean, this fucking. Sorry for cursing again, Joe. We're counting my curses, apparently. So I think yeah, I'm already. To, listen, yo, me, this is five dollars in F word. That's that's. Now, <laughs> I'll let you go in the beginning. So now you're in the me for five dollars. Go ahead. 
Yeah, because the opening the opening uh, lyrics don't count, but I did catch myself the first time I cursed, and this one I caught myself. So I'm, I'm being very cognizant of my cursing because apparently it's last episode, people. apparently look, I cursed seven times last episode. Honestly, look, we all know we watch TV, watch movies. The F word is part of our culture, but you and I, we don't need to throw it all over the place. Some people need to do. We don't need to throw it over the place. We try to minimize, but if it, if it's if necessary, necessary, it's not a, not a crime. But we just try to shave it off as much as we can. I you know my kid a lot with you and this and that you still owe me five hours though because go ahead <laughs> go ahead buddy. Um, so apparently you know Kohlberg is walking around you know like you know have you heard about the murders he's telling people he's probably thinks he's a big shot he probably thinks he got away with it but i got news for you buddy you didn't get away with it and one thing that i'm disappointed about or no one thing i'm happy about happy i'm happy about this um Idaho is one of the states that doesn't accept a mental condition as a defense. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing because a lot of people are crazy and should use the insanity defense because they're legitimately ill. I don't think Koberg is ill, um, so he can't use the insanity defense. So I'm kind of pumped up about that. He, he's a lawyer. They can't, they can't weasel out of this by using the – because we all know the guy's not crazy. We know that he's got he's, – he's, he's, a, he's a disturbed young man, and, and a lot of people are calling him an incel. Incels are involuntary celibate. Um, they're, they're men who struggle to establish romantic or sexual relationships. And not only do they struggle to establish those relationships, they, they despise women. They view women as the enemy. They're blaming the woman for their lack of romance. Um, they literally get so angry and they want to kill people and they want to hurt people. There's a whole incel community online. Um, so I think he doesn't have an insanity defense. But he could use the incel defense, but <laughs> there's no defense. He's not going to, you know, and apparently capital punishments on the table. So capital punishments on the table. This guy might get the death penalty, and I'm all for that. You know what I mean? Like this, whether he rots in prison the rest of his life or whether they 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 kill him. Um, but sure. yeah, that that's the update in Koberger, You know? Yeah, you could be mentally, you could be a sociopath and still not be technically insane, right? You could you could be you could be a sociopath exactly. and not be technically insane. You know what's going on around you. You know you, you could be very astute individual, very smart, very successful. A lot of sociopaths are because they're very competitive, and a lot of them are very successful. Uh, but it doesn't negate the fact that they have that characteristic, that trait about them that could go off at any time. Um, so, you know, case in point. Yep. Uh, so going on, moving on to our uh, current event segment, uh, another New York Times article. Um, listen, I'm not trying to get everybody to subscribe for the New York Times, but I'm just saying that they have a lot of good substance substance uh substantial articles with a lot of substance in them that you know that are really informative they're just they're good because you know you're it's not like reading the new york post or like the daily news you know you're getting something that's high quality it's like i don't know i, don't, I, don't, oh, I just like the, i like new the york, new york times, times man yeah i mean it's the worldwide it's but there's, the there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a stigma against the times where people are like oh it's too liberal not true if you stay away from the because if you're reading it's like any station you you, you know if you it's think it's not that, too liberal unless you're way out there on the gun toting tobacco spit and let's reinvent the 1860s uh you know all, all right i yeah, mean there's, it, there's a huge everything if, you, if you're if you're halfway sane it's not too liberal at all it's, it's realistic yeah. but go ahead go yeah, ahead so i i don't you know i don't i haven't brought up any of the political articles this one is not really political but it's something that's it's something that kind of concerns me um, the article is called "If Affirmative Action It Ends, College Admissions May Be Changed Forever." So apparently, the Supreme Court is thinking about ending uh, the uh, affirmative action policies that colleges have to admit all sorts of diversity, diverse students in the colleges. Uh, I think it's been around since 1964. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, that they're trying to get rid of the Supreme Court. And there's a there's a lot of controversy around it because it started in 2014 when there's cases against Harvard and the University of North Carolina. Um, they're being sued. Um, and basically it's, you know, it's going to possibly jeopardize uh, strategies that colleges have to build diverse classes. Um, they're supposed to they have programs that's supposed to reach, you know, specific racial and ethnic groups for scholarships, honors programs, and recruitment. So, you know, there's, there's people who are, they're, they're, they're trying to say that white and Asian students were discriminated against at UNC and, and, uh, and Harvard. Um, so a lot of schools have already tried to combat this. Um, they're getting rid of their standard standardized tests, you know, requirements for the SATs to get into the schools. Um, they're getting rid of early decision. Because apparently, early, if you if you do early decision, you're binded you're binded to go to that school. So this is even before you know about the financial aid package. So a lot of a lot of people who are more wealthy, they're able to do early decision because they're they're able to say, I can go to the school. I don't care what it costs. I'm going to go there. So early decision is kind of a way to, uh, you know, it's it's uh, not always good. But anyway, um, the ruling is expected by June. Um, and it's going to affect. The, it's going to change the landscape of college admissions. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's basically, you know, it was filed in 2014 by Students for Fair Admissions. They're an anti-affirmative action group. And I, I learned all about affirmative action in college because I took a course called Black Politics. And I, I was arguing in class that affirmative action was very good. It helped it helped minorities, especially, especially black students, get into these colleges um, and give them a fair shot. Because a lot of them, the problem is a lot of them are not on equal playing field in their educational systems. They're not from the day one of education. They're not getting the same, especially people from the urban areas. They're not getting the same level of education as a lot of like white students are. Because they they had, they had didn't have the head start that white people did. They were held back. They weren't allowed to vote. They were kicked out of their places where they lived. Uh, They're thrown low, you know, areas where they couldn't get good jobs. And then obviously it happened where there's, you know, it's a tough area to live. There's a lot of drug dealing going on. There's a lot, a lot of good op- job opportunities. The education system's not great. They don't have the best teachers because the best teachers, they don't want to teach in dangerous areas. It's a, it's a bad thing, but affirmative actions kind of evens the playing field. And I can see how some students, if they don't get into the college of choice, how they can be very angry and get very mad and groups, you know, groups like students for fair admissions can, can, you know, sprout up and they can be anti-affirmative action because they feel like it's affected them poorly. It's like, why Why is me as a white person, why Why another person with lower test scores and lower grades, why are they able to get into that college where I can't get into? Um, or why are they, you know, I can get into it, but I have better numbers than them. So I can see their point, um, but it's already caused, it's already caused a uh, kind of an effect in Michigan and California. They already, they already banned affirmative action statewide in Michigan and California. And there's been a drop. There's already been proven. There's been a drop um, in diverse applicants because they don't think they have a chance because affirmative action doesn't exist. They're just giving up. So affirmative action was giving some of these minorities kind of more confidence. They're like, okay, my numbers, my, my, my numbers and my school system might not be as good, high, as highly ranked, but um, you know, I have other qualities of extracurricular activities. I have good quality. I can bring a divert because you want the schools to have diversity. You want, you don't want people to go to a school with all the same race, you know, that that's horrible because then they're not, they're going to go out in society. They're going to be very shell shocked. You know, they're going to be, because they're, if they've been sheltered, especially if they've been sheltered most of their lives, you know, you need all sorts of races and ethnicity, ethnicities um, in these schools. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, what's your initial thought, Joe? What do you think about this? Getting rid of affirmative action well, for college. I'm, I'm going to be very, very, very measured here. So because I don't want to run off the rails again, I'm just going to say that these programs were put into place because it was a fact 
the minorities were not they were not given a fair shake to to succeed and to get on board and to to become you know accepted into college and do those things so they had to mandate that they were given a fair that's all the affirmative action is is you're not giving them a fair shake so we have to step in and mandate that you give them a fair shake. We're not mandating you do anything special for them. We mandate that you give them a fair shake because you're not doing it on your own. So we have to legislate morality a little bit. We have to mandate that you give them a fair shake. And it's been going on, despite some people bitching and moaning about it here and there, it's been going on for a long time and going on fairly successfully. But now that... Now that this extreme, I don't call it the Supreme Court anymore because it's no longer supreme. Um, the word supreme would be deceptive there because it's, there's nothing supreme. What do you, what about do you think about this? Uh, no, 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 yeah, keep going. Keep going. I call it the extreme court because it's, it's grotesquely leaning on one way or the other. And some of the people that have been appointed were appointed by a deplorable person who appointed them. And they are deplorable judges, um, that were, that were uh, appointed anyway. And now our Supreme Court is tainted. And to me, I don't even respect them anymore. So there, there is a chance that they could, they could, these people could squash something that was done and something that has worked effectively for a long time to do nothing more than to give some minority people a fair deal. They're going to squash that, it looks like. And it wouldn't surprise me because some of the people on the Supreme Court who were appointed by some other people, and I'm not going to use any words I shouldn't, um, let's just say uh, are not the most um, – scrupulous people in the world and i'm going to stop right there because i'm, I'm i can feel gonna, i can feel my breathing question. start to change sean and i'm going to get i could get nasty in a minute but yeah. i'm not going quick, to do quick, that quick go question ahead. i don't want you to you know go ahead go crazy here and but, i hope i was pretty fair there um i one thing i have to say to the supreme court it's very antiquated they shouldn't be able, elected to the supreme court and be able to have that job the rest of their life they should be like a, like a president limits. or a senator Term or a congressperson they should be reelected because once you put once because yeah. because say you have a Republican president or say you have a Democratic president and they're able to nominate nominate who they want their party for the Supreme Court they get them in and then they have the they have the five versus four they have the majority Republican versus, versus Democrat or, or conversely you have the majority Democrats versus the problem is um, you know if a president gets to like appoint like three or four during their term because you know they only leave when they die pretty much. It's crazy. These Supreme Court justices should be elected at least every two or four years to keep things balanced and fair. Um, cause they're, they have some, the Supreme Court is the ultimate, like when they make a ruling, it's, it's a, it's a real, it's a real law. And it's from the Supreme Court. Well, there in lies the rub too. You said, and when a president, when, and, and, and look, when your Democrat and Republican president gets to appoint them, okay. And when you're Republican and a Democrat, you're not crazy about it, but. That's any president. Like if, if George Bush, okay, to, I respect it. I don't re- agree with everything George Bush did. Fine. But I respect. But when you get, and I'm not going to use any words I shouldn't, when you get someone in there who really is, is just a, a warm body standing there and really is, is, is no more qualified to be president than my mailman is, um, and appoints judges just because this people in his party, tell him to do it and he has no idea what he's doing he just goes goes ahead that's that's when it's it's catastrophic it, it's annoying to each side when it's just when it's not your side and the president's the other party and he anoints he appoints these people okay fine that's annoying when that individual and it's only happened this once that i know of that someone that that deplorable and that that 
you know, um, incompetent has been in that position. Unfortunately, when he was in that position, there were at least, I think, three. It was it was just ungodly the way it fell. And it was catastrophic. I'm not going to say any more tonight about this yeah. because Let's I'm starting, to, I'm starting to shake a little bit, Sean, yeah. and I'm going to pick up my computer and snap it in half over my lap because <laughs> this is how annoyed I get over this. I'm not going to say any more about yeah. it. And um, I'm surprised you went there. I'm surprised you went there with this. But uh, is this I'm, article, because this is a I've very said everything I want to say about it tonight, Sean. Yeah. Let's talk about college admissions, though. So college admissions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Wesleyan College. Wesleyan is a, a small private uh, nonprofit school in uh, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, they became they they began their recruitment efforts in 1964, the same year because today's Martin Luther King Day, the same year that Martin Luther King Jr. delivers his, his address um, to a graduating class that was overwhelmingly white. Um, I think he delivered it to uh, yeah. So that he I think he gave the, the address at Wesleyan College, I think, but it was basically all white students there, and like uh, they started uh, enacting all these programs and using affirmative action. Um, to get to get the fair uh, a fair amount of different races in there, and it's been working. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know because apparently a lot of their classes thrive on interactions by a diverse group of students in class. Because I remember that too in college. You know, a lot of a lot of students at Villanova were white, but when we had classes that are a little bit mixed up, the discussions were always healthier and livelier. I think because we had all different perspectives, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the class I took black politics taught by a black guy. Uh, great, one of my favorite professors ever, Frank Pryor. Um, but you know, we had some black students mixed with white students and we were going over very sensitive topics, topics that really like condemned white people for what they've done to set people, to set black people back. And he wasn't wrong, but we had very serious, um, sometimes uncomfortable discussions from all different, you know, so I don't want to lose that. And co- that's part of the thing in college. You're supposed because a lot of people are sheltered their whole lives so in high school and stuff that they have around the same, you know, whether well, you're white, you got a lot of white people around you. If you're Asian, you got a lot of Asian, you know, it's good to go to college and see some diversity, all sorts of different people. And it really, you know, people grow up when they're in college, that type of thing. You uh, know, Sean, I, I, I saw a show just recently and about a month ago. It's about some guy in the city of Chicago, some white fella that was born there, raised there, and then he made a lot of money. He's coming back and he's donated all kind of his, he's, he's very rich, but he's donated a lot of his money to, I'm speaking fast because I'm going to get past this fast, but um, he's donated a lot of his money to scholarships to inner city kids in the city. I think it was Chicago. Um, but he said, they interviewed him and he said, why are you doing this? He says, because I'm giving back. He says, look, I was born, I, I won the national lottery. I was born in America. Okay. Then I was, I, I also, I was, uh, I won the race lottery. I was born white. Okay. And he's being Frank. And he says, then I won the zip code lottery. I was born in the right zip code and in the middle class and all that kind of stuff, which enabled me to have parents that sent me to college and that I could do all this stuff. He said, if any of those things didn't happen, I'd be right here where these kids are. Because once you're here, it's hard to get out. Like he said, he couldn't even imagine it. But he acknowledged the fact that, A, he was born in the United States of America. Two, he was born white in the United States of America. And let's face it, brother, it means something. It does. It, 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 it's a little easier. You know it. I know. We all know it. Okay. Um, and he was born in the right zip code. Okay. He wasn't born in rural, uh, poor rural white. He was born in like the, 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 the classy middle suburbs of, and with all that going your way, when you hit it big and you look back and say, geez, could I have done any of that if I were born over there at that color? hell come on so that's why i said to you that affirmative action wasn't giving anyone anything extra it was merely we had to mandate 
say, go over here and give them a little lift where you give them a fair shot. About, um, socio- all affirmative action was. Instead of going by race, what do you think about socioeconomic? If they went by socioeconomic to kind of you know take money and where you grew up into consideration, not just, okay, because it could be like a, a dumb white rich person or it could be like whatever. Um, if they take socioeconomic in the, in the consideration um, to, you know, to, they have to do something because – you know, because it's one of those things. The education. Well, that's what he said. Zip code. That's what he said. Zip code. The education system is so unbalanced, yeah. um, and people really like, as white people, especially in like middle class like areas, we have kind of a head start with the education system. We have the best that's teachers. What, that's exactly, the best, thank you. Best supplies. That, that's what he was. That's what he meant by the zip yeah. code and everything. So, else. Yeah. and it's, it's kind of a tough discussion to have with people. Like, oh, you know, as a, as a being a white person, like. If you said it to other white people, they're like, oh, we don't have, you know, no, they have all these programs like affirmative action, they have all these things, but now they're taking away the affirmative action program. So, you know, it's already been proven that at some of these colleges, you know, when they started getting rid of standardized tests or when they started doing certain things, getting rid of affirmative action, like in Michigan and uh, California, um, the, the diverse candidates, just the amount of applying has gone down. Because what happened was in 1964, Wesleyan University, they contacted 400 black high school students from around the country to persuade them to apply. It was, it was called uh, their class was known as the Vanguard class. They had one Latino and 13 black students and it helped establish the university's commitment to diversity. So I don't know. I think, well, it, I think well, you know, it's, it, this is a good conversation. It's a good topic too, because, and, and look, I, I got a little bit when we started venturing in too close to, to Capitol Hill, I started to get a little, but um, in, in, in general, when we're talking about this thing, one thing, a basic principle in psychology comes back to me here. It's nature and nurture, nature versus nurture, right? I think we're all born with a certain amount of um, nature, right? A certain amount. I don't think, I don't think the DNA, I don't think anyone's born. Well, I mean, there are some variations, but for the most part, I think the kids in, in, in the African-American communities, kids in Asian communities, kids in um, white communities when they're babies when they're born i think they're born with the, with fairly uh an evenly distributed amount of intellect but what varies is so that's 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 the nature the dna the biology the nurture is the environment is the environment okay so when a kid is three and he, his mom come comes you know comes over with um this this learning set and starts going with sight words and all these other things and start when three and a half and four years old and a kid over here is not, you know, is, is, is not getting that same attention. Let me put it to you real quick in, in a sentence or two. The, um, the, the nurture, the nurture that's given out to kids in different areas varies dramatically. It really does. Exactly. And that's the variable. Um, so. The nurture that, that that's distributed is um, is, is and it, there there are critical periods in the cognitive development of children. There are critical periods along the way. If you read Piaget, it'll get into it. There are all kind of different cognitive stages of development for a kid, and if you miss those, man, you're really far behind, and you miss two or three of them, and that's what's happening. It's the nurture. It's the nurture, and I think that's 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 where we have to. Uh, be- that's where we have to start. And I don't know how you get that done in certain places or whatever, but, um, you know, what can I tell you that, that, that's, that's such a big, big, big variable 
is is early development is nurture and it comes back to just that that basic principle of of psychology is it nature or is it nurture you know a lot of us is both and and in these kids and these kids and they're all human and they're all they're, they're not born any more or less intelligent than on, as a, as a you know, on a whole, they're not born any more intelligent than anyone else. And there's an e- even distribution throughout each group. But where it starts to go awry is in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, the uh, early development and, and the, the nurture that they get, the, yeah. the attention that they get. And I think that's where it, that's, you know, that's where it has to, has yeah, to exactly. Start. I don't think because people, people try to throw stats at you like, oh, we did a, uh, equal IQ test across all races, and we discovered that they have a, a a lower IQ. No, that's not that's not true. It's, it's, it's not true. It's, it's a not. matter of because because uh, a lot of your IQ, you learn a lot of things when you're a kid in, in school, and then you take those IQ tests. Um, there's all sorts of things, plus malnutrition, the right foods that you're eating, all sorts of stuff that involves socioeconomic class and where you came from. Um, so no, I'm not a believer that you know any race is smarter than any other race, but um, you know affirmative action. It might not be the the most ideal thing because it does, you know, imagine when you want to go to your dream school and then you get rejected from your dream school and you find out people low, way lower uh, scores than you get in. And you're like, well, that's not fair just because they're certain. So it goes the other way too. I can see a perspective from people getting angry at that stuff, but overall it's helping, it's helping more than it's hurting. And it's not a perfect system. Maybe there could be a replacement for affirmative action. Like I said, maybe the socioeconomic factors can pl- you know weigh in. Plus, they're getting rid of standardized tests. So once they get rid of standardized tests, they're able to consider you know extracurricular activities and grades and this well, type and of that, stuff. That's the whole thing too. When, when you say that it's 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 um, when you say that uh, to get into college, just affirmative action and so forth. And so affirmative action, it should be kept in place. It should be there because the the aforementioned kids that come up through the inner city that didn't get the attention during the critical period that I was referring to before, uh, should they for the rest of their lives be held back? Or should at some point we say and look at that group and say, yeah, their scores are a little lower than yours, but we acknowledge the fact that they come up from an area, they come up from a group that, that didn't give them the attention they needed when they needed it and they can still excel. So in other words, all that stuff I was just talking about, their, their inability to receive attention during critical periods of cognitive development are taken into consideration and not thrown away. Like, ah, oh, their scores are lower. Well, those scores are lower. Let's look a little further into it. Their scores are lower because they come from this, this zip code, this, this area and that area and their scores are lower, but that doesn't mean they're less intelligent. That doesn't mean they can't achieve more let me give you an example though that's what i mean say you go to the same say you're a white guy and your friend's black say you're like really good friends right know each other from high school Mm -hmm. say that say that you're the white person and then you have like a 92 gpa and your black friend has an 84 gpa and then say you have a 1300 sat and say they have an 1100 sat say you both apply to you know let's just say boston college or whatever right um the, the black person gets in Boston College and the white person doesn't get into Boston College, but they're from the exact same school. See, in that scenario, I can see the white person being like, well, what did I, they got it. So they're, they have a personal, you know, they know exactly what happened. They're like, okay, I didn't get in because I wasn't black. So they have this, they, they have this pent up anger because they're, they have, you know, they're getting rejected. And it's, it's a matter of the person, because the other person's from the same exact school. They have the same exact education. They grew up middle class. Their family, the black person's family might even make more money. But they're getting a leg up just because they're black. So um, that's that. There's arguments for like that that they're making, but 
Um, that's why I'm saying socioeconomic. If they change it more to socioeconomic, if it was like, you know, that they, they went to different school systems, right? That person came from a very crappy school system ranked uh, ranking wise. They came from a horrible school system. They came from a horrible area and their numbers are lower, but we know there's reasons why their numbers are lower. And we interviewed this person. They're a great candidate. That's a, they wrote a great essay. They have a great story. That's a whole different story than the same high school scenario. Don't you think? Yeah, that is in the same high school scenario. I guess that happens from time to time. I mean, you know, but um, that's the bar should be a little lower for that aforementioned African-American kid. For those two kids you just mentioned, the bar should be a little lower for that moment in time, because until that point, they weren't given the same attention, the same quality, the same, all that kind of stuff, because uh, those two fellows could be of equal, equal IQ and equal intelligence. You're, you're you talking know? about the, the socioeconomic, right? Not the same high school one, right? Talk about the same high school one. Talked about what's the same? Well, what's your what's your argument for the same high school one though? If the person has two, like if they have way lower numbers, but you know they they're they get the other person gets in, the other person doesn't with the higher numbers, and if they're at the same high school, don't you don't think there's anything skewed with that? Because high school is nine to twelve, right? What about K to eight? What about what about the delays that were there for that African American kid? Yeah, of course. That plays in the socioeconomic though. Right. But you know what? And you know what? Basically, what I'm saying is this. And I'll go back and say what I said earlier. Affirmative action was put into place not to give anyone any advantage. What affirmative action was put into place for was to legislate a little morality, like to say, hey, look, they're way under here, way under here. Give them a shot, will you, for God's sake. Figure out a way legally to bring them up because people aren't doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. They're not doing it out of any sense of justice. They're looking the other way. So we're going to legislate a little morality here. We're going to make them do certain things. We're going to legislate morality. So, okay, so they put put this in place not to give anyone an advantage, but to at least give some people who were being kicked under all the time to give them a fair shot. And that's what it is. And that's all it is, Sean. And they should keep it in place. But if there's ever been a supreme a, an extreme court because they're no longer supreme if there's ever been one of the nine people six of whom would you know or but anyway if there's ever a chance that that falls it's now because of the lack of um quality and lack of scruples we have in those in six of those nine seats yeah. but other than that i'm good with it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm for affirmative action until they could find a better solution than affirmative action right. and keep it but certainly don't use the supreme court to get to, to strike it down right that's a little bit you know well anyway, I, I, digress. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't but they do let's move on to sports right. um, so the cowboys game just started it's the first quarter the cowboys first series they're three and out brady's got the ball now the game isn't – people don't realize this. I mean, they're trying to say the Cowboys are just have a way better record. Brady's old. The Bucks aren't good this year. But the Bucks are also at home. So, you know, there's that. The Bucks are playing a home game. So, um, I don't know. The Cowboys went three and out in their first possession. And, you know, we'll see what happens here. But um, we're not going to have the results during the show because the show is going to be ending soon. Um, Eagles play the Giants, Joe. Now, you know, at least we know that. We know who you guys are playing. Saturday night, 815, I believe. Uh, Giants, yes. Eagles. Man, are you uh, – what are your, some of your concerns for that matchup? Mike, some of my concerns for that matchup are that the Eagles come in, A, overconfident because they already beaten the Giants twice. Now, one of those was a game that no one even cared about. They were playing backups and this and that, but um, they played them about a month ago straight up. Like, let's you're play your ones or we're playing our ones. This is a real game. And the Eagles beat them pretty handily. But since that game, the Eagles have looked like, like garbage. They just haven't looked the same. 
So um, my my concern would be the Giants got a little bit of giddy up in their step, and the Eagles are flat, and all of a sudden football is a weird game. You get a fumble here or something goes wrong there. And all of a sudden you're down by 14 and it's like, wait a minute here. And you know, things can happen. That's my concern. Um, my concern is also our quarterback. Um, he keeps talking about, it was like three weeks ago that three or four weeks ago that, um, the, the shoulder thing happened in Chicago and he was supposed to be good by now. And he admittedly is not okay. And now we're down to one week. So, um, you know, we're down to like less than a week now. Right. So my concern is his health. Uh, I need him to be healthy. I need Lane Johnson to stay healthy. I need a lot of things here. So it's not a layup. And my concern is they come out and they won't never say it. What football team ever says before a game? Yeah, we're, we're relaxed. We think we can beat these guys. They're always going to say what they say in front of the cameras. But my, my fear is that they're too relaxed and too confident. They need to come out here like they're playing, um, you know, uh, Bill, they need to come out here like they're playing, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Patriots and, uh, and hoodie. Yeah. Belichick. They got to come out here like they're, they, they got to just imagine they're playing the Patriots of old or something. They got to get up for the game. If they get up for the game. They should win this football game, but also they got to understand this is a game. If you beat these guys in your own building now, and these guys, you know, you know, you can beat these guys. If you beat them, you're going to the NFC championship. So I think they should be able to get up for it. And I think you guys are favored as of now. The line is seven and a half points. You're favored by seven and a half in a playoff game. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So um, what'd you think about the weekend games, man? What'd you think about like, uh... I told you about the giants, didn't I? We talked, so we did the show Saturday night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the funny part, we were talking about the Jags, Jaguars on the show. We're like, oh man, it's not looking good. But we did say, you know, we did say that. I said, don't um, give up on We said 33 nothing. We said 33. <laughs> we said the Colts came back I and mean, the Colts gave up the 33 nothing lead to the Vikings. Anything could happen. And then even yeah. you later clarified, you even said, you're like, you never know what's going to happen because you were watching the game. You're like, they just scored, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson's got some magic and he certainly did, you know. He's a good football coach. Which, honestly, though, it was a good performance by the Jags to come back. It was a great second half compared to the first half, but that was a choke. That was a choke by the Chargers. Come on. I think so. But, um, I did tell you the New York football giants were going to go in and beat that fake ass Vikings team. You did say that's that. that's what they are. Yep. yep. And I, it, it was there. And I said, I said they were going to win by five. They won by seven. So they made liars out of me. Um, they made a liar out of me, but, uh, uh, what else? Uh, San Francisco handled that was well, close the San though Francisco for a while. game was close because remember Gino Smith? I think we, Gino Smith, they were about, cause I talked about this from a bad beat. I needed, uh, I need well, I need no, I had a good beat. I need the running back to get yards and then he eventually did. But anyway, they had the ball, it was 23 17, like 10 yards away from the end zone, and friggin' uh Geno Smith fumbled, and that was the game. They then the 49ers scored the next three possessions or whatever, and that was game, you know? Yeah. But it was that close, you know. Playoff football is all about making who makes the who makes the less mistakes? Who's making yes. fewer mistakes during that game? Who's not turning the ball over? Um, who's putting together some long drives over 10 plays, you know, you know that type of stuff. So well, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson football. said quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, how you really tell is not how many great miraculous plays the quarterback will make. It's how few bonehead Can plays. I interrupt you real make. quick? I just, yes. I'm watching the, the Cowboys Bucks game. I have it on mute here. I'm uh, watching it too. John, John Daly and Hulk Hogan are at the Cowboys Bucks game, dude. Yeah, and Tom Cruise was there too. <laughs> Tom yeah. Cruise is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we did we did Cruise in an early episode. I'm just telling you. you What's Florida? Everyone's hanging. You have, out you have John Daly and Hulk Hogan in the same building, man. That's pretty cool. 
Well, I think they're both pretty beat up has beens, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> come know. on, John Day was entertaining as hell. The guy was like smoking cigars and drinking every time he played pro golf. He was a fat slob even when he was playing golf. <laughs> 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 he was. I mean, what are you going to do? Come on. What anyway, about the what do you think about the Bengals Ravens game? What? Bengals, Bengals Ravens. Yeah. I, I lost myself for a second. <laughs> Bengals, <laughs> Bengals. <laughs> this is real life here. Uh, Bengals. I was thinking about John Daly. He, he used to be able to crush the golf ball. I mean, it was fun. But he, I know I, I was just thinking to myself that he was he was out of shape and he was chunky. Let me rephrase that. I mean, people are overweight. Bill overweight. You know, I'm not. You know. Anyway, um, Bengal. I, I thought that that fumble. That 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 man. That was a backbreaker. That was unbelievable. And I kept waiting for the replay. Like, nah, he had to have gotten that thing over the line. And sure as hell, he didn't. And not only do you not get it, you get the ball knocked out of your hand. Not only do you get the ball knocked out of your hand, the guy picks it up from the other team. Not only does that happen, but he runs it back 97 yards. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But you know what? It doesn't bother me anyway because – um um, you think if the shoe was on the other foot, if it was the Bengals yeah. who, who needed seven points to tie the game to go to overtime, you think Burrow would have came through? Because you know the Ravens were dealing with backups there. You know, I think Burrow definitely would have came through, tied the game, and then eventually won. The Ravens were dealing with backups. What? Oh yeah, I'm saying the Ravens were down seven, right? And the Ravens had, the Ravens had to tie the game or else the right. game was over. Right. Twenty four seventeen. If the Bengals were the Ravens, if the Bengals were down, it was it was reversed. If the Bengals were at 17 points, the Ravens had 24. But nobody had backups in the game. Well, yeah, the Ravens did. They had Huntley in, dude. That's not Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. I see what you're... Okay, okay, okay. Well, Huntley and Lamar Jackson, to me, are the same. I mean, it's it's, it's it, you know, guys that... That that will that'll improvise and I, I don't... I just don't... I don't get it. I don't... I just don't get it. Um, But... I guess if your if your argument was that what's this other Joker's name that the guy that what you say not Huntley the other guy Lamar Jackson Jackson <laughs> if if he were in they'd have a better chance of when I don't know no no, no I'm uh, saying I'm saying not well yeah they have they, 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 yeah I think Lamar I think if Lamar was in they certainly would, I've seen Lamar have some Lamar has some comebacks you know Lamar's not a he's pretty clutch at sometimes you know yeah he, I've seen I must say that I've seen him have some comebacks and this and that but I don't think he's like the kind of guy they should think about spending that kind of money on and i don't think they will and that's why they've been a fairly successful organization for a long time i mean they wanted a super bowl with trent dilford they want a super bowl with flacco just real good solid service ultra traditional quarterbacks and real good defense and um all of a sudden they're trying to do it now uh, you know with you know with you know um you know with with different types of uh, quarterbacks is that I don't buy it. I never did, never did buy it. And I just, I don't even know um, if that kind of quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl. I just don't, I don't, I, if, if so, it's, I mean, I guess you could say Russell Wilson, but even in his prime, he wasn't, he, he did other things well, you know, he, he read defenses and he threw the ball accurately and he, you know, so I, I don't know if a quarterback like Lamar Jackson or, or this Huntley or, or 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 uh, what's that little midget running around with the Cardinals? What's his name? I don't know what his Murray. name. Yeah, they, I don't think these, these kind of guys ever. And it did, uh, Sean, this is not a racial thing. It's not racial. It's a it's a style thing. It's a style thing. And you, you know me. About, um, you know me better than me. I love everybody. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's no, a no, style you're not, you're thing. Not I don't think that style of quarterback yeah. will ever win a Super Bowl. Um, what do you think about the the Cardinals firing Cliff Kingsbury and him buying a one way ticket to Thailand? <laughs> you think would you do the same thing? 
He's getting paid till 2025. He's getting paid like almost $10 million a year from the Cardinals. They fired him. And the rumor is he bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. Is that the smart move for him? <laughs> uh, I like the idea of kicking back and saying, well, I'm rich. And I don't have to worry about it. Like we talked about the other night. I mean, the money these guys get. Um, but to go to Thailand, I don't think I would do that, bro. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I would do that. I, I would go somewhere within the United States. Yeah. Uh, but so You're watching the Cowboys game right now, right? Yes. Um, what's your, what's your prediction for the, for this game? Zero, zero. Now the Cowboys have uh, three and out twice. The first two possessions, Buccaneers had three and out once. Um, you, what do you think? Do you think the Cowboys still pull this out? You know, um, the Bucks defense looks a little better than I thought they were going to look. That's true. I noticed that too. Because I, I really thought I, they, they, let's face it, they're not what they used to be. A couple of they were, they were all, they were really tremendous when they won the Super Bowl. That's why they won the Super Bowl. Um, the Cowboys' defense looks like I thought they would look. They did look pretty stingy, but if it's a hard defensive game, and somebody has to make a play, <laughs> I like number twelve to make a play. That's what I was saying, man. I thought you were the one saying. I thought you were saying the Cowboys. Remember, I said like you're trying to. Are you trying to jinx the Cowboys? You thought that you predicted they no, were. Now, I would never do so that. now that you've seen some of the, the beginning of this game, you're thinking that they're, they think the Bucks can win this. I well, I think either team can win it. Um, let me just let me just see something. Yeah, I you know um, I'm going to go with my my. That could be wrong. I mean, who am I? Um, look, there's it's a so part of me that says Brady and Brady and company they're going to win this thing. That's been my gut feeling, man. I I a, I, a gut know. feeling says that Brady and company they're going to find a way. They're going to mess around, and the Cowboys are going to fumble the ball too, and a big turnover somewhere. And Brady, they're, they're, they're going to win this thing by about maybe nine points. Oh, I don't, um, I don't know about nine points, but I and another part of me says that the Cowboys can. This is a hard game to call, Sean. It's a hard game to call. Um, I know the Cowboys have a lot more talent than do the, uh, the Bucks. And I thought that, um, I thought that, I thought that coming in, the Cowboys had a lot more talent. And at some point it's going to break through and it's going to show, um, but who, who knows here? What I want to happen, what I think will have, what I want to happen is I want Brady and company to win because, I despise the Cowboys. You know that. Sorry, I do. Um, I, that's what I want to happen. So I look at it and say, "That's what I want to happen." Maybe it can. Maybe they, and I and I think, why not? Why just a touchdown? Why not? Why not seven or maybe eight or nine point differential? Um, now, on the other side, I, a realistic side says that the Cowboys have more talent. They do not have a better quarterback, but and have an adequate quarterback, and they have more talent and a real good defense to a, a, a Tampa Bay offense that was really struggling most of the year. So if the Cowboys can put up like 20 points, maybe the Tampa Bay Bucks can't put 20 up against that defense and maybe they win 2017. Let me ask you a question though. Say we're, like we're, that. we're doing this show live. Say while we're doing this show, what the Cowboys are, you know, we, the Cowboys are they're getting the ball back now. The, the, the Buccaneers just had a three and out or whatever. So both teams have had two, three and outs basically. Um, if the, if you see the Cowboys score on this drive, is that going to alter your whole decision making? The fact that they have a seven nothing lead, do you think they'll be able to carry the momentum to win? Is that going to change your whole opinion just by them having a seven nothing lead in the first quarter? 
I don't know, Sean. I mean, because we go around in circles with this. Let me tell you what I did with the Giants game. With the Giants game, I, I visualized something. I visualized a scenario that I wanted to happen, and it happened. So I'm going to visualize a scenario here that I want to happen. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win this football game by 11 points, and they're going to do that convincingly. And by the middle of the fourth quarter, um, it's going to be um, – evident that they're going to win um the cowboys are going to self-destruct somehow because although i said what i said i meant what i said they're a more talented football team um this quarterback is very 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 volatile and there's still a couple of guys on this tampa defense that are pretty savvy and i'm thinking they're going to pick them so i think seven of those 11 points are going to be a pick six so i think you know Otherwise, it would be a four-point game. I think Dak's going to hand them seven points, and then Tampa Bay's going to win by about 11, and everybody will talk about how the Cowboys are going to be really great next year and how they're going to win the Super Bowl next year, (laughs) as they do every time they get beat. Oh, wait till next year. We're going to be the team to beat. Okay, see you later. And then that's been um... 26 years already they've been doing that, but – um. I'm not going to break your chops. Look, I could be wrong, but that's the, that's what I want to happen. So I'm going to visualize it, and that's what I think can happen. Yeah. We're so see the, uh, see your football, stock. talk football because we're going to just move on to sports real quick. Uh, other sports, right. basketball, the Knicks. You know, we're going to talk about once football season ends. We're going to talk about more more NBA and more Major League Baseball for sure. More college basketball. Right now, the fo- the focus is football. But um, the Knicks lost today in overtime to the Raptors. They had a lead at some point. Or they're up by I think like eight points. And then they ended up uh, losing in overtime, but they've been playing pretty well. The combination of Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson is pretty deadly. It's like they can get any shot they want and they can score whenever they want. And it's just a matter of how do you include RJ Barrett? How do you include Emmanuel click quickly? Um, what's the other piece? Cause the Knicks are like one piece away from legitimately contending for a title, probably another coach too. So a coaching change and probably one more player. I like Bradley Buell. I like a shooter. Ideally. I, I like Kawhi Leonard. That would be a good fit too. Uh, I think. But um, yeah, Villanova basketball played today. We beat Georgetown, but barely beat Georgetown. We got pretty lucky. We stole the ball when they had a chance to tie. Cam Wentworth slammed it home. Um, but Georgetown has lost 28 straight Big East games. They haven't won a Big East game since 2021. And thank God they played at Villanova today and they didn't break that streak today. So we, you know, Georgetown's going to probably win a Big East game this year. I'm guessing they'll beat DePaul or something. But uh, not today. So Villanova, you know, they won, but we haven't been playing pretty. We haven't been playing that well. Justin Moore is not back yet. We don't know if he's coming back. Uh, it's a toss up this year. We probably won't make the tournament unless, like I said last episode, if Justin Moore comes back and we win the Big East tournament, then possibly. But um, you know, that's that's the uh, that's sports for today. And uh, I want to talk about a bad gambling beat really quick. I had a beat. I had a bet last night that Jamar Chase would get over seventy eight yards. He did. I had a bet that J.K. is all part of the same parlay. J.K. Dobbins would get over 60 yards. He did. My last part, my last leg of the parlay was that Joe Burrow would throw at least 37 times. He did not throw 37 times. He was at 32 throws, and uh, the Ravens didn't tie the game because if it went to overtime, he probably would get the ball back, and he probably would get the 37 throws, but he didn't. That's my bad beat. Um, and I just want to ask Joe real quickly before we wrap up. I heard you had uh, some Taco Bell recently. What was your? What'd you get at Taco Bell? Oh, I was hungry. I went in there and I got three Doritos Locos Supremes. I like that with the sour cream. And then I got Mexican pizza and I got a 
um, quesarito, which is a quesadilla and a burrito com- combined. There's rice like, in it. And you everything. said you like rice, right? Yeah, and I got that, and I got uh, instead of the instead of the hot sauce, this the um, not the sriracha, but the um, they use a sauce that's kind of spicy. Instead of that, I got extra cheese sauce because I don't like too much heartburn, and it was delicious. It was delicious, and um, I had a big bucket of root beer, A and W root beer there. It was good. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Like, who start? You you call you instead of calling it like a large cup of soda or a large, so, you call it a bucket of soda. Did, was My that dad from, is that from your dad? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was curious about that. Yep. And a um, couple big chocolate chip cookies for dessert, and it it was good. It was uh, twenty six dollars deep, but it was good. <laughs> you ever, have you ever got the cinnamon crisp from uh, the a great Taco Bell is a really good dessert called cinnamon crisp. They've been around They'll forever. They'll kill anything cinnamon like that will kill me. It'll wake me up in the middle of the night with heartburn, like like crying. It's that bad. So yeah. I got to watch the cinnamon. All right. So, um, so you know, I'm, we decided to do the show tonight um, instead of tomorrow. The Cowboys game, you know, is still going on. Uh, so Friday's show, we'll have updates on what happened in this Cowboys game for sure. Uh, but as far as the show goes, we're going to wrap it up here. I'm glad everyone's listening. Remember the song from the beginning of the show is The Heart is Hard to Find by Jimmy Eat World. And it's easy to find on YouTube. Um, all the links for social media are on the description. The show should be uploaded tonight. Um, and yeah, Joe, you have any last words? We had joy. We had fun. We had seasons in the sun. But the wine and the song, like the seasons, have all gone. Peace. Take care, everyone.